some good discussion out there. I hope so. hope you've talked a little bit about wisdom, what you think it might be. Maybe uh, shared a story about someone who's been influential in your life, giving you some words of wisdom, some advice, maybe some of the best advice you've ever received in your life. Um, as I tell my students that I work with, um, they get tired of hearing it, but I keep telling them that no one could live life without wisdom. Um, you can go on, you can learn all there is to learn in, in books, you can learn all there is to learn in, in the schools and in the, in the jobs that you choose, you can learn all those skills and all that knowledge, but wisdom is something that makes your life better. If you want to live your, I often say, if you want to live your best life, if you want to live the life that is, is going to be the best for you, you cannot live it without wisdom. And so that's what makes it so important. I think that's why James mentions it a couple of times in this very short letter. He mentions wisdom. Uh, James 1.5, if you remember when we talked in the very beginning, he says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, and God will give it to you freely. So this idea of godly wisdom, this idea of wisdom, the, the knowledge that comes from God, not just knowledge, but the ability to use that knowledge in certain situations is really, really important. Um, James puts it uh, a little bit differently in James one or James 3.13, the verse, first verse of our text this morning. It says, who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good behavior, his deeds, and in the gentleness of wisdom. So this idea of wisdom, how can we how can we be sure that we have it and the practical application of it? Um, we see it uh, demonstrated by the way that we live. It's the way that we make choices in our lives, the way that we think the way that we speak. He just, he just got done talking about the power of our words, our tongue. And he follows that up with, if you're wise, you will see it in the way that you talk, in the way that you speak. And I'm sure as you sat around those tables and you maybe shared a story about a certain person who gave you wisdom or a certain person that you perceived to be wise, uh, you can see it by the way that they talk and the way that they live their life. Um, maybe they don't have a university degree. Maybe they haven't risen to the top of their, uh, uh, you know, potential as far as what their job is, but they know how to live life. And you can see it by the way they live their life. And that's why a wise person, um, will be knowledgeable, but not all knowledgeable people will necessarily be wise. Can you see the difference? Um, there's this idea of being wise. Uh, knowledge passes the uni course, um, but wisdom walks with God. Wisdom is, is something on another level. You can build a house with knowledge, but it takes wisdom to build a home. There's a difference, isn't there? 
you can build a structure, you can follow the plans, you can measure the wood, you can do all that stuff with, with knowledge. But when you move in, it takes wisdom to build that family and that structure and to, to make sure that it becomes a place that people enjoy being. A place where people, when they walk through the door, they go, oh, I'm home. It takes wisdom to do that. And we see wisdom by the way uh, that we live our life, by the things that we say and the things that we do. Uh, we said last week that the key to right talk is the right heart. We said that last week. And uh, we see that that is the key to wisdom. The key to wisdom is your, your speech, your behavior, your attitude of life, and the, the, what, what you do with that life. Um, it's not measured by the amount of degrees that you have, um, but it's measured by the life that you lead the things that you do with your life. Um, not a matter of acquiring truth in lectures, but it's, a, it's about applying that truth in your life and living that out day to day. Uh, it's one thing to have knowledge. It's quite another thing to put that knowledge into practice in the way that you live. Um, there's a saying that goes like this, Oh, your walk talks and your talk talks, but your walk talks louder than your talk talks. Um, you can uh, think about that for a minute. But it's true. It's about being faithful. It's about being dedicated. It's about being diligent. It's about being considerate. It's about being humble. He mentions that in all of that. Verse 13, that's what that means. If you want to show forth wisdom, he says, then you need to show it by the way that you live. Show it by the way that you are. And those things are really, really important. There's humility in the deeds of one who is controlled by true wisdom. A lot of times uh, we recognize wise people not necessarily by what they say, but what they don't say. Sometimes they know when, when to shut up. <laughs> Sometimes they know when to just be quiet. Um, not all the time, the wise person isn't the one that's talking all the time, is it? Oftentimes, it's the one who's respectful, humble, and knows just, I think I heard my wife say, and maybe Sue in that group, the person who knows the right thing to say at the right moment, the right time. That's very, very important when it becomes uh, how we live forth our wisdom. There's an old story about uh, auto, automotive maker Henry Ford. Um, he was having trouble with his generators and he asked an electrical genius, uh, Charlie Steinmetz, to, who built the generators, to come to his factory. And um, he uh, had him come, uh, all of uh, Ford's um, engineers and all of his uh, maintenance workers couldn't figure out what was going on. Uh, so Ford called Steinmetz. He came into the factory. He tinkered with the machines for a few hours, and then he threw the switch, and the generators word, you know, whirled up, whatever that word up, uh, to life. And then uh, a few weeks later, Ford got a bill for ten thousand dollars from Steinmetz, and he was flabbergasted. 
you know, he was he was really surprised that the bill was so high uh, because he was kind of a tight fist. Um, and he inquired, why was the bill so high? And Steinmetz's reply was this. He said, for tinkering with the generators, $10. For knowing where to tinker, $9,990. And so there's great value in knowing what to do, when, and with what. Um, everybody might be able to know a certain amount of information, but not everybody knows what to do with that information at the right time with the right uh, knowledge of, of what's happening. So there's great value in that. And I think that's why James puts a lot of value on wisdom here. He says to us, there's great value in living out your life in front of people so that they can see that you're wise. There's great value in that because in that you become a person that can be relied on. You become that person who people can come to and get advice. You become that person that is a good friend. Oftentimes our best friends are those people who we deem as wise because we want to keep those kind of people close to us. We want to keep those people uh, so where we have access to them because we know they're not only a good friend but we can rely on them they're living out their best life and that's important um, so there's two types of wisdom I asked you in your groups was there a difference between worldly and godly wisdom what did you come up with what do you think didn't get to that point didn't get to that one who had an answer? Chris had an answer? What was your answer, Chris? <laughs> yes, the last one. What was... What I think was the difference between worldly wisdom and God's Yes, yes. I felt like um, worldly wisdom is based on experience from the past. But in, in that token, I think godly wisdom based on the future because God has already been there and from God can already see the future he can come back to us and say you know this is what happened if you do this but worldly wisdom I think is based on the past like you know we went through failures we went through trials and we learned from that and I think that's a few main differences one is from the past the other one's from the Mm, that's a good perspective. Oftentimes we, uh, uh, we look at what God wants us to do and we say, why is he asking us to do that? Um, why is he asking us to be this way or to act that way or make these kinds of choices? Um, and it's because oftentimes he knows if we make those kind of choices, what it would lead to in our future. So that's a very per good perspective on, uh, on how godly wisdom works. Okay, and we're going to get to godly wisdom next week. Um, but we want to talk a little bit about worldly or earthly wisdom. There is a difference between the two. Um, uh, one is different than the other, but there is these two different types of wisdom. Uh, earthly wisdom, when it talks about earthly wisdom in verses 14 to 16, uh, maybe in your notes you can see uh, there's that passage of Scripture there that talks about earthly or worldly wisdom. It says there uh, in verses four, in verse 14 to 16, it describes this kind of wisdom. 
says, but if you have bitter jealousy and selfishness, ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. This wisdom is not that which comes down from above, but it is earthly. It's natural. He says demonic. Um, for where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder and every evil thing. James, paint, <laughs> he paints a pretty negative picture here of earthly wisdom, doesn't he? Now, there is some value to earthly wisdom, I think, um, but he paints a picture of something that's very negative. The world's full of information. The world's full of wise advice. Uh, you look at politics. You look at business. You just go to the business section in your bookstore, and what do you see? You see all these books on how to be successful. You see all these books on how to run a great business. Um, you, you look in the entertainment section or the economic section, and there's all these books of what we would call earthly, worldly wisdom on how to succeed in all of those areas. Um, and it even creeps into the church. Um, a lot of times when we see uh, these churches that are popping up everywhere uh, in, in our country, in our world, and a lot of them are, are following a system. They're following a, a book that's been written, and uh, it's, it's come from uh, a system or a, a formula that people have kind of put together, uh, some of that based on worldly uh, wisdom or earthly wisdom. Romans one twenty two says, professing to themselves, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And that's how James views this worldly wisdom. If we are going to avoid this kind of wisdom, then we kind of have to know what it's like and how to identify it. And in verse 14, James says, he starts to identify some characteristics of wisdom that comes from the world. First of all, he says there's in earthly or worldly wisdom, there's this bitter envying. Envying. Do you know what envying is? It's kind of a long or an older term. But what would be the definition or what do you think the meaning of envying is? Envying, yeah. E-N-V-Y-I-N-G. Okay. Wanting something that somebody else has got. Yep. Having jealousy. Yep. Anybody else have any terms or thoughts? That's right on track. That's, that's exactly right. Uh, it's the sin of covetousness. That's another old term. But it's this idea that um, we almost hate people or dislike people for their good fortune. We see them living a, a good life. We see them out there enjoying their life and, and having certain possessions, and we begin to hate them for it. That's this idea of covetousness or envy. Um, and it's in the Ten Commandments. It's one of the biggies. You know, it's one of those things that we are told to watch out for in our life. Um, James 2, actually, verse 8 says, If you keep the royal law, um, then you are doing right. And the royal law says, love your neighbor as yourself. And so there's a contrast of the two 
hearts of wisdom. We see in the world, it tells us, uh, get ahead no matter who you step on. Get ahead no matter uh, who, who you have to, to barrel over to get there. That's the worldly wisdom. The godly wisdom says what? Love your neighbor as yourself. So you see the contrast. You see the thing. Uh, oftentimes these uh, get-rich-quick books that you read, a lot of them are only talking about you. They're only talking about you. It doesn't matter who you have to step over to get rich. Okay? It doesn't matter how, how you have to take advantage of other people to get there as long as you get what you want. That's the worldly style of wisdom. The godly style of wisdom is you need to think of other people. You need to think of how your life impacts this world and the people around you. Um, this earthly wisdom also carries with it strife. He says selfish ambition. Uh, the Greek word means to spin wool. And we don't spin wool anymore, but uh, you know, if you want to know, see what that looks like, YouTube it, young people. Um, you know, you take this big bit of uh, cotton or any kind of fiber and you uh, feed it into this big spinner and it, it takes the fiber and it, it spins it all together and it makes what? <coughs> thread, right? It makes that thread. So spinning wool, it's this idea of you're constantly having to, to work hard um, to uh, be, have any kind of gain in your life. It's the seeking of professional gain. Ambition is good, don't get me wrong, um, but it's good only when it promotes the well-being of others and yourself. Okay, And that's what this earthly or worldly wisdom would say would say um, selfish ambition is, is good. Um, I, I know you hear this all the time, and, and there's a level of, of, what, of this statement that you're going to say that's true. But we have carried it way too far. Um, a lot of times we say you're no good to anybody unless you take care of yourself first. And I believe that. I believe you do have to take care of yourself. believe that you have to get rest. I believe that you have to be healthy. I believe that you need a proper balance in your life. But we have taken that so far that a lot of people are only thinking about themselves. And that's very sad. It's very sad when that happens. I see kids all the time. I work with kids all the time. Every single day, a high percentage of our kids in our schools, they're lonely and they're not taken care of because they're being raised by parents that are only thinking about themselves. And that's very sad. That's earthly wisdom, though. We have to have two jobs. We have to, we have to be a success. We have to have the big house. We have to have the, the 3.5 cars. We have to have all these possessions in our life. And once we have that, we'll eventually be happy, and then we'll be able to spend time with our lives when they're 18 and they're ready to leave instead of having a life that's balanced yeah it's important to take care of yourself but not at the expense of people that are important in this world and your neighbors and those people around us it says also earthly wisdom has a self-deception um, attribute about it 
Um, it's this idea that every time people who have worldly wisdom in their life, every time they open their mouths uh, to vent their feelings, they deceive themselves. This self-deception is the worst kind of deception. It's this idea that um, I am like I am. I can't change. I am the way that I am. And so if that means I don't care about anybody else, then that's just the way it is. They're deceiving themselves. They're, they're saying, this is just the way I am. I can't, I can't be any different. Um, he says that's this worldly wisdom is, is teaching us this idea that we can't change, that, that this is just who I am. When I when I uh, run over people and I, I talk to people talk about people behind their backs, if I uh, you know hate my neighbors, then that's just the way I am. That's you can't change me. I'm only yeah. You hear it all the time. I'm only human. Okay. Yeah, we're human. But there's a part of godly wisdom that allows us to become God's hands and feet in this world. And that makes us more than human. That makes us in the image of God, the likeness of God, carrying out his will on this earth. That makes us more than just a human being, but somebody who's doing is on a mission. We're on a mission from God to, to really infiltrate this world with, with love and with kindness and compassion. Uh, that is a huge thing. But this worldly wisdom doesn't see that. It only sees the self, and that's just who I am. So you kind of get that, the definition of this worldly wisdom? You see it all the time. Uh, we see it every single day that we live this life, especially if you're out in the community rubbing shoulders with people. You see this kind of thinking all the time, and this is the kind of thinking that James is asking you to be aware of in your life. Make sure that you're not practicing this kind of thinking, this kind of worldly wisdom. Um, that's all we have time for today. Um, but there are other attributes that uh, if, uh, if you have time, I'm going to share the rest of that in our weekly email. Um, just to, to give you some ideas of, is this, you know, are these things cropping up in my thinking? If they are, then I need to really watch um, and, and start to pay attention to those kinds of ways of thinking. Next week, we're going to talk about the opposite of worldly wisdom, this, this idea of godly wisdom. How can we identify godly wisdom and start to put those, that kind of thinking into our life? Um, because we will uh, figure out that if we want to live our best life, our, our, our most uh, productive and our most happy and joyful life, it's usually godly wisdom that will produce that kind of fruit in our life. And, and it's much, much more satisfying, much, much more satisfying than, than this earthly wisdom. Uh, I was talking to, I'll just end with this story. I was talking to a young man this week, um, very good soccer player in our school, uh, plays rep soccer, as uh, a year six student, great guy. But when he plays soccer, he is the worst student. He is the worst guy out on the field. He's a terrible sport. Um, he, is, he runs over people. 
He's constantly getting uh, uh, yellow and red carded out on the field. And so he gets sent to me as the chaplain. Well, can, can you fix this guy? You know, uh, talk to him. So I talk to him on a regular basis. Um, he actually got in a fight uh, last year at the end of the match when they were shaking hands, for goodness sake. Um, and he constantly says, you know, his coach and his parents are constantly telling him to be the best, you got to run over people. To be the best, you gotta you gotta shove people out of your way. You gotta you gotta be that person on the field that everybody hates, is what he told me. You see that? See what that is? That's a that's a worldly wisdom. I keep telling him, you need to be the best person on that field. You need to be the person when people look at you, you need to be saying, that, that guy, I like that guy. You need to be the guy that's so good at what you do and so kind at, at how you do it that people from the other team look at you and go, man, I'd like to be like that guy. You see the difference? And I bet if you've seen sport or competition of any kind, you've seen both of those kinds of people. You've seen both of them. And it's, it, it's quite a, a contrast, isn't it? Um, what I'm saying is we need to be more on the godly side of wisdom in our own lives. We need to be those kind of people that when they people look at us, they're not going, oh, I want to steer clear of that person. <laughs> All they do is run over people along their way to, to success. Okay, we need to be those kind of people that go, man, those people are really cool people. They're, they're, they're good people. They're successful. They have good lives. I want to be like that kind of person because they're kind. They care about people. And even though they are being successful in their life, they, they bring others along with them when they go. That's, that's huge. That's the kind of thing that impacts a community, that impacts a family, that impacts this world. And that's the kind of people we need to be. Uh, as we move forward in our own community. So I just pray that you'd spend a little time thinking about that today and this week, and uh, maybe look forward to next week talking more about how we identify that kind of thinking in our own lives. So amen? Amen.